Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Lord Mayor, Keith Topolsky. Yes, welcome to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, triplehfm.com.au, or you might be listening on podcasts.com, all the plethora of other podcast sites that we broadcast on, plenty of good podcast sites and some bad ones as well. The Lord Mayor with you, we're doing the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League season preview. Too much ice hockey is never enough, especially when it's the summer and there's no rugby league around. We're previewing a five-team competition. We're going to start on the left side maybe the west side as well all the way over in Perth with the I always have to get this one right because I always get it wrong whenever I look at the team rosters and the team lineups it's the Perth Inferno that we're starting with and we're joined on the line by Perth forwards Sarah Sammons and Nora McLean ladies welcome to Splinters Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Now, Nora, I want to start with you because I hear a bit of an accent there with regards to maybe a bit of uh, Boston, New England type stuff. And I'm looking at your history and you've got quite the history with the Boston Shamrocks and the University of Connecticut. Yep, I am from Boston. I've lived in Massachusetts my entire life, so I don't have quite the Boston accent, but... I've grown up there my entire life. Well, the big question is, where do you park a car? Is it in the yard or is it in the yard? For me, it's the yard. I don't. I, I pronounce my R's. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, you play up front. Do you do you prefer wing or centre? Um, I have actually played centre the last six years, but I mean, right now we got star in the middle playing centre uh, with me, which I don't mind playing wing. And would you consider yourself more of a playmaker or a sniper? Because I'm looking at the goal tallies you've put up. It, it almost strikes me that you're one of the maybe two-way forwards playing a bit more defensive style. Yes. I In high school, when I played for Boston Shamrocks, I was definitely more of a playmaker. And then when I went to go play at university, at the University of Connecticut, I was uh, what they call a grinder. And uh, I was more of a defensive two-way forward. I didn't get a lot of points, as you could see, but, you know, everyone has their role on their team, and I, you know, fed into my role as that grinder type in college. Was it an enforcer type grinder, or was it just one of the more clean type grinders? Because we're always looking for players to stand up and be counted in the Australian leagues. Um, I, you know, I was a clean grinder. I didn't get a lot of penalties in college, so I definitely wasn't an enforcer or a goon type, but, um, I definitely was the type of player where I got matched up with, you know, other top lines. So that was obviously, um, a fun thing to do when I was playing in college, but definitely not a goal scorer, but you never know. And what about you, Sarah? I see that you've played a little bit of time with the Newbridge Academy in Canada, as well as playing on the Australian under-18s roster for the last couple of seasons. Uh, yeah, so I spent uh, grade 11 and 12 over in Canada playing at Newbridge Academy, which has been really good, just to have the exposure, uh, playing mainly in the US, and like training every day, it's been really good. And what, what was life like at the Newbridge Academy? Because it's, it's not that much of a culture change, I find, between Australia and Canada. You just have to get used to the fact that it, it's a little bit colder in Canada, particularly at Newbridge, which is in Nova Scotia over on the East Coast. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, getting used to like driving on the other side of the road and uh, 
not having a freak out because you're actually on the right side of the road. But, um, yeah, it was just mainly like a lot of training. Like you're hitting the eye most of the days out of the week. You're in the gym twice a week and obviously like traveling a lot. Uh, so like you just improve in things that you didn't even know existed, like uh, really in-depth systems and things, which you definitely would not be able to get over here. And what, what's your role generally on the team? Because I find looking at your stats here that you're fairly well spread between the assists and the goal scorer. So would you be more the playmaker or the sniper or a bit of a two-way player? Uh, uh, this season for Perth Inferno, I'm probably looking at being more of a goal scorer. Uh, we have Nora on my line who's a very uh, good two-way player. Um, and we also have uh, Elizabeth Scala. Uh, what it's looking like and she's a very good playmaker so I think I'm just going to slot in there as a goal scorer and finish off their uh, nice work. And what what would you be looking to achieve this season Sarah because looking at well for, for both of you this appears to be your first season in the women's league <coughs> excuse me at the highest level but what would be your goals for this season would it just be to settle in or are you looking to really take a step up and be counted this season? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially coming in as rookies, I think we're really looking to make our mark on this competition and uh, just let everyone know like where Perth is on the map and keep progressing as Inferno goes into their second season. And how about you, Nora? Given that you are fresh to Australia, you've spent a lot of time overseas and you're looking to bring a bit of that North American flavour here or are you looking to try and pick up a few tips from a different competition here in Australia to take back? Um, I think coming here, I knew that I would, you know, be bringing a lot of my knowledge that I had in NCAA with me, and I'm really excited to share that in whatever way that I can to, you know, help grow the game here, and obviously a country that the game isn't as big as it is in North America. So I'm super excited to, you know, keep rolling with the season and see where this team can go. And from the training so far that you've had, Nora, who do you think are the main players to look out for on the Perth Inferno roster for this 19-20 season? Um, I gotta say, there's me and Sarah, and then there's Elizabeth Scala, and then Courtney Moulton, and um, we also have uh, Michelle, what's her last name? Clark Compton. Yep, and uh, those are probably our top five players right now. I think we've all been clicking really well together, which is awesome to see, you know, even this early on. So I'm really excited to get games going next weekend in Adelaide and see what we can do together. So this this team, as it's being put together right now, it really does look like what you're doing is you're really stocking that top line and really stacking that line to try and get as many goals from it as possible and then maybe play a bit more of the grinding game down through those second and third lines and really focus on scoring through that first line. Yeah, for sure. But we also uh, have a lot of depth in our second and third line, just uh, people from last year who have fought in and keep on proving. So I think they're really going to surprise us. People like uh, Rebecca Smith and Isla Malcolm, for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of young players that are in, you know, the Australian ice hockey system that are, you know, it's super exciting to see them come up and prove themselves. And they're definitely getting better. Even in the last five weeks since I've been here, I've seen so much improvement from our younger players. And I think that they're going to have good years this year. And for you, Sarah, in terms of the players that you're looking for, what do you think you're going to be able to see provided from the blue line? Because there's a lot of emphasis we've mentioned so far with forwards and scoring, but who are the main defensive players on the roster sitting on that blue line that you think are going to really shut teams down? Uh, I think that our captain, Courtney Moulton, is going to be a very big shutdown player. She's, uh, she's only just arrived from America, but she's very smart with the puck. Um, and I think that our defensive system is going to be more of a team defense. Uh, we have a pretty new defensive lineup, 
I think everyone's going to really buy in and then uh, just keep improving and before finals and we'll be ready to go. And you do mention finals there. Is that... What, what's the goal there with the finals this season? Because you did make it last season and you saw Sydney and Melbourne play off in the grand final. Are you looking to just make the playoffs again this season and then let the chips fall where they may? Or do you have genuine designs on lifting the trophy? Um, I think that, you know, even as a first-year team last year, they came in third place, which is awesome. We're going to still hold high expectations. You know, sky's the limit, and I don't think that we're just going to sit back and let things play out. We're going to take things into our own hands and hopefully go as far as we can with the talent that we have. And yeah. what what do you think will be the intensity levels f- when you play those teams? Well, Sydney and Melbourne in particular, who fought out such such a thrilling grand final last season to see Melbourne, disappointingly from my perspective, being a Sydney sider, originally seeing Melbourne grab those late goals. But do you think that Melbourne and Sydney bring a higher level of intensity that you've got to step up to? Or do you think that they simply stepped up that intensity because it was a grand final? Uh, no, I think they are the two strongest teams in the competition. I think they have been for some time. Uh, and uh, it's really good whenever we play them uh, or we play teams that are better than us. We really are challenged and we need to step up to play with them. Um, so I think it's really good for our competition. And this year we'll be able to match them that little bit better. And Nora, touching on uh, the the experience you've had in Boston and with the University of Connecticut, what's your experience been like with playoff hockey over there? Have you had much experience with the playoffs? And if so, what do you think you can bring uh, in terms of that level of lifting intensity uh, to the Inferno? Yeah, I mean, playoffs are a whole different game. You know, you can play as many regular season games as you want, but as soon as you step on the ice for that first playoff game, the intensity just jumps to that much higher because you have so much on the line. When I was at the University of Connecticut, we had some pretty exciting playoff runs. My junior year, we went all the way to the Hockey East Finals, and then we had a really upsetting loss, which was unfortunate because we were one win away from making the NCAA tournament for the first time. But... uh I think no matter where you go, you're going to find that intensity in playoffs. And honestly, you know, with only five teams, any team can win. Like, there's no – you could have the best talented team and you never know what's going to happen. And you did mention a little bit earlier on that the first game coming up is going to be against the Adelaide Rush. You're going to be playing the doubleheader. What do you think it's going to be like, Nora, playing a doubleheader when you've got a 4 o'clock game on the Saturday and then you're going to have to back up on the Sunday for a 9.30 start? That's that's going to be a big ask. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sarah and I both actually played in the... JWHL, the Junior Women's Hockey League over in North America, which is a league where we have tournaments and weekends every weekend, if not every other weekend, and we are playing four to five games, which could potentially mean 9 a.m. one day and 7 p.m. and then 9 a.m. the next day or even earlier. So we kind of grew up with that kind of gameplay. So it's really nothing new to us. But, you know, it's definitely all about recovery after that first game and just preparing yourself for that early start on Sunday. And then, of course, Sarah, you, you've got the Adelaide in, you've got the Adelaide Rush in Adelaide first up. Then you go to Sydney to face the Sirens. But your first home double header is going to be against the Adelaide Rush on the 9th and 10th of November at the Coburn Ice Arena. That's going to be even bigger ask, though. An 8.15 start on the Sunday morning. Is that something that you're hoping to have over Adelaide in terms of that earlier start with them flying in the day before? Uh, yeah, for sure. We'll definitely take that to our advantage. But I think especially growing up playing hockey in WA that you uh, 
play and you train early morning because that's kind of the only ice time available at times. So I think... Uh, especially after WA girls will be ready to go and uh, be exciting home series. Well, that that's where all eyes will be on the uh, 20... Uh, I've just lost my spot here. The 9th and 10th of November, I should say, the Coburn Ice Arena with the Perth Inferno opening your home season against the Adelaide Rush. You do open up against the Rush on the road this weekend at the Adelaide Ice Arena, 4pm on Saturday, 9.30am on Sunday. Going to be absolutely sensational season. Sarah Sammons and Nora McLean from the Perth Inferno. Thanks so much for joining us on Splinters. All right, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Sarah Sammons and Nora McLean there from the Perth Thunder and as mentioned they're going to be opening their season this Saturday on the road in Adelaide when they face the Adelaide Rush at the Adelaide Ice Arena with a puck drop on the Saturday afternoon at 4pm in Adelaide and then 9.30 puck drop on the Sunday morning at the Adelaide Ice Arena and what an appropriate fact that Perth are facing Adelaide in the first match because now we welcome on board to Splinters from the Adelaide Rush, defenceman or defender. I'm not quite sure what the term is. We'll find that out in a minute. Kirsty Venus. Kirsty, welcome to Splinters. Thank you. Excited to be here. I detect a bit of an English accent there. You aren't from the old data, are you? Yeah, so I've actually only I've been in Adelaide for seven years now. I mean, I'm a permanent resident, but yeah, I came over as an import to play for Adelaide all that time ago and kind of just stuck around, kind of like the idea of the beach and that. And you had quite a career, I understand, with the Solihull Vixens and Sabres as a youngster playing yeah. a bit of defence. Yeah, so I started playing hockey when I was 10 um, with my two younger brothers as well and played in the mixed level junior development like programs there. So played mixed level up until I was 18 and then, yeah, went to the women's league to play for the Vixens. Going by your stats on the Elite Prospects page, you've actually got quite a few points chiming in as a defender or defenseman. We'll say defender um, for the purposes of this podcast. And once you got to about the 2009-10 season, you were putting in a point a game. That's quite an effort for a defender try my best but um I'm a little bit sneaky I'm a I I love to skate you know these opportunities just happen and I'll just skate for days with the park I'll just absolutely love it so yeah I'm a bit um bit of an offensive defensive player so so that that obviously offers you the opportunity to get up in the face of opposition goaltenders or do you like to more beat them with the with the slide of sleight of hand and the skill rather than just um, trying to get in and screen them and get the tip that's quite funny and to be quite honest I don't know how I score most of my goals generally just opportunities like shooting fast from the mark or you know catching them off guard kind of thing as opposed to the skill level like like I said I like to attack with speed so um, more so catching them off guard rather than doing any fancy handwork when you play your offensive game obviously you're very interested in making sure that you can create some scoring opportunities for your forwards as well in that offensive zone but when you play a defensive style are you more of a sit back and wait for them to come to you or do you like to pressure the puck uh, I would say I love to pressure the puck um, only because from experience you know that if you're being pressured it's going to force you to do something you don't probably want to do and you know you, the, the chances of them mucking up are higher if you put that pressure on and I've obviously played hockey for a long time now so I've tried all different ways and that seems to be you know the way that works 
But it depends who it is. You've got, you got to watch who you're playing against and, you know, you have to be able to read the, their play as well and what their style is like and who you're actually against, I think. That's certainly the case with what I've seen in the Australian Ice Hockey League, the men's league, I should say. In terms of the time you've had in Adelaide, as you say, this is your seventh year in Adelaide. You arrived at the what was then the Adelaide Adrenaline team in the Women's League. That then became the Adelaide Rush. Uh, yeah. I think this is the fourth year of the Rush. What exactly drew you to Adelaide ahead of the other cities that had uh, teams at the time, maybe a Sydney or a Melbourne? Yeah, well, at the time, it was more of just an opportunity that came about within a couple of weeks. So it was a quick turnaround time. I had no intention of playing ice hockey in Australia ever, but I got contacted by somebody who I actually played with in the UK. Um, And they were like, oh, look, we're looking for an import. Do you want to come over kind of thing? And yeah, within a matter of weeks, I was on a plane to play in 2012. So yeah, pretty quick turnaround, but I'm, I'm, it's the best thing I've ever done, honestly. And now that you're here permanently, well, six years in the women's league, as I say, three with the rush. This is going to yep. three with the adrenaline, I should say, three with the rush about to become four. What has been the major change in that time with the women's game, do you think, in Australia based on what you saw in your first season? Obviously, ice hockey isn't really the most popular sport in Australia, and especially Adelaide, we've only got the one ice rink. So that limits kind of the amount of, say, women coming through, like the junior and development programs and things like that. So I feel like there's such a high turnover of players, but there's not enough coming in so that, you know, you get the people that get on with their life and they go buy a house or they take a year off. Um, And unfortunately, there isn't, the space to um, there isn't the players to fill those spaces so you kind of just have to start from scratch with what you've got and just rebuild so I feel like you know you're really good at one point and then you just lose it all and you have to start from scratch and we you build and build and build and then it's just like a complete cycle it happens again that's what I've noticed anyway is that especially in Adelaide you know especially imports we're lucky this season we've got some really good imports there, there is this there is this idea that um, particularly in New South Wales and Victoria that South Australia is a little bit out of the way and since moving here from Sydney I've certainly found that South Australia almost seems to be the forgotten state when you look at the national media coverage I've certainly noticed that do you yeah. think that's something that impacts on the quality of imports that you approach overseas or is it simply impacting on the the number of players that you might have access to in, say, the open trials? I think both, in all honesty. And I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I studied when I was 10, so I went through all the junior programs and all of that kind of stuff. And you get a lot of people here that start the sport late. Um, so they're not necessarily at the level, like state level, for example, Um you know, when they want to join. So it's about really focusing on the development side of it as well as obviously trying to maintain a state-level ice hockey team. And the fact that it is Adelaide, I mean, there's so much to do here. People don't realise it. It's not very, like, on the grid because, you know, you've got Sydney and Melbourne that are so popular. And you kind of have to sell to imports the lifestyle of, like, the beaches, the culture, like, the you know, you can go into the city and have that real backpacker like traveling experience whereas Adelaide doesn't have that yet with that kind of um a like say age range that we're looking for as well 
being a fair way from Adelaide, I'm certainly looking forward to visiting Harndorf in particular, which isn't out that far outside Adelaide. But we're here to talk hockey. We're not here to talk tourism <laughs> and holidays. Harndorf and- is good, though. We'll admit it's pretty good, the little German town. Certainly get up there, hopefully at Easter next year, but I'll just have to see how things go. But we are talking hockey, as I say. And this season, the Adelaide Rush, looking obviously to improve on last season, where do yeah. you think a reasonable finish for you would be this season? You're obviously hoping to win, but what do you think you'd be satisfied with this season? I'm honestly, I will, I, yeah, I wouldn't be this year. I reckon we're going to win or we can win. We have that potential. Mm-hmm. We have the team on paper to back it. It's now we're working very hard on the ice together and creating that team culture and bonding. And so we are like a solid unit. But on paper, we can really win, and I think I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to say I'll be happy with silver because I won't be. But I think we'd. Be, I think we're going to win this year. But we have a really, really good chance. Certainly last season, there there was almost this runaway result with Melbourne and Sydney really yeah. dominating and stepping up, and they were really on top for a long, long time there. With that dominance last season, does that give you? cause for optimism this year because you think, well, they can't do it two years in a row, or does it more provide the motivation to try and drive forward, knowing that, well, that the option is there and yeah. we'll, we'll see how we go? No, it's really good to see, obviously, Melbourne and Sydney are both extremely consistent teams. Um, I feel like they maintain like a, such a high standard and a high level uh, of their game, um, which is good because, you know, for someone like myself, I'm extremely competitive. Um, and, you know, we want the Adelaide Rush to be at equal, if not better, than them and be competitive and also be consistent as well. Whereas some last year we were, we were good, but then we were – you know, we'd have our off games and you, you can't really afford to do that, especially such a small league. You really want to be consistent and you really want to, um, you want to play against the best teams. You don't, you know, you don't want to have to lower your game for anybody else. So it's good. Like I, I hope they stay as good as they have in the past and we can just meet them at their level this year. Mm. And as you say, it, it's a very short season by any standard in any sport, but particularly in hockey, a 12-game yeah. season. And as I mentioned earlier, you open against the Inferno, but then you have a week break and then you head to Perth and then it's a bit of on, off, on, off, one week on, one week off throughout the season. How is that going to impact on the continuity? Because we've seen with other leagues, particularly in the NHL in the United States and Canada, they're playing every second or third day and they get a week off and they say, yeah, we're feeling a bit rusty. For me, I wish wish the league was bigger and I could play every weekend. I'd absolutely love that. I mean, now the, the way that the the schedule looks is that they're, they're shortening the season. Um, I think because of the World Championships are in February, so they've shortened the season, so they are a bit more crammed. But in previous years, it's been every two weeks we've had games. So we haven't, you know, it's like every three weeks you're on the ice. But you, we still obviously have training. I'd love to have games every weekend, to be honest. And that that would definitely help all all the teams concerned, really, to get some real continuity and flow happening in their game. Who do you think are the players to watch for the rush this season that are really destined for big seasons or maybe have shown a lot of potential in the past but are ready to step up now? Yeah. um, I mean, we've got such a big 
squad this year um, and we have you know a playing squad and a reserve squad so it's you never know who well we'd obviously try and keep the team the same but you know we may have someone in the reserves traveling with us away you know they've been training really hard or something like that so it's, it's hard to say I think in general across the board we've got Tash Farrier back uh, which is big news she's been really popular Adelaide player for years had a couple of had a, had a bit of time off um, but she's back so she's definitely one to watch out for because she's really fast um, who else we've got Three imports. We've got Lizzie Averson, um, Sasha Lutz, and Olivia Cook as well. So they're going to obviously add a lot of depth and experience to our team. Um, and obviously, most of the Aussie girls can learn from them as well, which will be really good. Um, it's hard to say because this year is such a different year for us. We've got such a stacked team that we haven't really had um, for the last couple of years. So maybe if you ask me that question next year, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, cert- we certainly can ask that question next season. Yeah. And, and the Adelaide Rush, as you say, looking to really step up this season. It was a little bit of an off-season last year as the ice and the sirens really took the league by storm. Yeah. But Adelaide with a real chance to do something big this season. Is there much of a, of a friendly rivalry, I suppose, with the Adrenaline men's team, uh, particularly on the back of a bit of a motivating factor given that the Adrenaline had, well, let, let's just call oh, it for what it was. It was a bludger of a year this, this year in the men's year league. For Adelaide. We don't talk about that year. No. I'm only joking. Um, I think it's just, it's good to remain positive and have that resilience and bounce back. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, they lost, you know, and it's never easy and it's horrible and you're embarrassed and you people just see you as the laughing stock. But it's, it's, it's how you react from that. It's how you bounce back and it's how you prepare yourself for the year after. But if they lose every game next year, then I won't, I won't be saying that either, to be honest. Well, I can certainly see. At the moment. Well, I can certainly see why that would be a concern, and certainly looking to move on from there. But the Adelaide Rush certainly looking for a big season this year in the Australian yeah. Women's Ice Hockey League. And Kirsty Venus, thank you so much for joining us on Splinters. Uh, thanks for having me, Keith. Great chatting to you. Kirsty Venus joining us there from the Adelaide Rush. I was about to say the Adelaide Adrenaline because that is the men's team and that's what the women's team used to be before they took on their own identity and Adelaide and Perth will face off on the opening weekend. This weekend as a matter of fact at the Adelaide Ice Arena to see the puck drop on the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League season. Brisbane Goannas are also part of the competition. They fell over the line into the playoffs last season. Unfortunately Brisbane weren't able to get back to us with players who were available to fit in with our schedule. Every, the planets just didn't align, unfortunately. So we weren't able to get a hold of any of the Brisbane players. However, I do know for a fact that the Brisbane Goannas, if Tina Girdler does decide to return to the side this season and play in goals, she will be a massive presence for them, physically as well as metaphorically speaking. She's just over six foot, Tina Girdler. Very, very tall goaltender there. And the main players that the Goannas will look to rely upon will be their main stars from last season. Tracy Hokett, the fourth, well, I'm not going to give away exactly how old she is, but she's really a senior stateswoman in this Brisbane Goannas lineup. Uh, Abby Brown, the alternate captain from last season, as well as, well as Vera Leho, the import, the Finn. If she does decide to return, then that will be the core of their side. Certainly their leadership team up front is certainly going to be one to watch as well. Danielle Roberts played some very good hockey as an import last season from St Albans in Vermont. 
in the United States. So look to those players to really take the lead if the Brisbane Goanners are to step up this season. But having said that, we do have two teams that really did stand out last season in the standings. They made it to the grand final. It was the Melbourne Ice and the Sydney Sirens. What like to say our Sydney Sirens. It's this, literally the sister team of our All About Caring Sydney Bears here on Splinters. That's who we're going to be talking about next. Last year's grand finalists in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. So stay with us right here on Splinters. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your All About Caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and the Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM or on triplehfm.com.au if you are streaming online or you might even be listening by podcast at podcasts.com, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it now, everywhere where you get your good podcasts podcasts and a couple of dodgy ones as well. The Lord Mayor with you on this Tuesday night. We're talking the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and we are absolutely thrilled to have joining us from last season's runners-up the Sydney Sirens the goaltender extraordinaire when I go through some of these numbers those numbers are just absolutely incredible and I hope I'm pronouncing this right Sarah Dogramachi, welcome to Splinters Thank you for having me we can go with that pronunciation, that's fine Oh, absolutely fantastic. That's what we'll run with then. Now, Sarah, in, in terms of last season, we'll start off with the broad brush strokes of what happened last season. And certainly the grand final didn't work out as well as what had been hoped for with um, a late comeback seeing the, Mel- the Melbourne Ice get the results uh, over the Sydney Sirens, sadly. Yeah, I mean, uh, in fairness, they scored four power play goals. So we need to work on our PK, obviously. Um, but it was, apart from that, it was a good game. It was a solid game. I think our girls gave it everything we could. Uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Do we go around calling you guys the Golden Knights of the AWIHL after their power, their penalty kill sort of collapsed in their playoff series as well? Or are we not going there quite yet? Is it too soon? You know, we're affectionately known as the Silver Sirens because it's happened so many times. Oh, so Silver Sirens, <laughs> Golden Knights, and a tomato, tomato. You exactly. know, it just depends on where you go with it. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping yeah. to uh, change that term. Um that nickname, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Now, Sarah, I, I do notice going back through your Elite Prospects biography that you did have a season off in 2017-18 uh, away from the team. What, what was the inspiration behind having that season off? Uh, having kids, I guess. I mean, I didn't completely step away. I was still coaching the goalies of the Sirens right up until a month before I had my baby. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, breeding the next generation. And... With the surname Dogramachi, that gives yep. you a Turkish background. And you're the national team goalie for the Turkish women's team, I understand? I sure am. So I, uh, I started that. I started playing for them in 2014 um, and then had a couple of years off in between. And then last year I returned to that national side. 
And how do you find playing the international hockey, trying to um, match it with uh, the commitments that you have with the sirens and also being a mother now? Yeah, well, thankfully I have a lot of support. So um, originally I, I, I was kind of done playing at Worlds. Um, thankfully, hockey's been so good to me. I've done everything I've wanted to as a player. So if I never played another World Championships again, it wasn't such a big deal for me. But then uh, I was convinced to go and play, so I did it. Um, my husband is also very much into hockey, so he was very supportive of that. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it one more crack. Uh, thankfully, it works around sort of the A-Dub schedule, and this season is going to be even better because I get to play against all my teammates. We are playing against Australia at the tournament. Oh, that ought to be interesting. Any any sort of um, chirping going on as yet in terms of something that you might be able to come up with against a couple of your Sirens teammates, or are you keeping those in store? I'm pretty hopeless at chirping, um, but I am all about having fun. Um, so 2016, I went to Worlds, and at the time, uh, my firstborn, he was only four months old because we were playing against Australia. So I was like, you know, this is never going to happen again. I have to do this. So I went ahead and played that, and that was fun because that was, again, playing against some of the teammates. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyable experience. Tick that off the bucket list. So this time, I guess it's because I've already done it. It's good fun, but this is how I'm retiring from the international stage, playing against my friends and just having a good time. The, it would be nice to medal out of it. It would be nice to win a few games, but if that doesn't happen, I've done my bit. <laughs> Well, that would certainly be a lovely way to go out. And as far as the Turkish national team goes, looking at your save percentages, you did save with the Sydney Sirens in the 13-14 season at 899. Then you went away to the Worlds. And then you came back to the Sirens uh, season with the Brisbane Goannas in 915-903. Your 16-17 season was just not, it wasn't human really to save at 931 <laughs> throughout the season and then 913 last season after having a year off was that step up to the Turkish national team really an eye-opener or was it just something that you're not sure what it was that saw you come back and really start saving at numbers that would get you a start in almost any league around the world so I think there's a few things that come into play. I did have a change of mentality. Um, and I guess, you know, it comes with wisdom. It comes with old age, it comes with being a mom. Um, I am 100% about having fun. So if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, then what's the point of being there? So every time I'm on the ice for practice, for games, when I'm doing my workouts in the gym, I'm there because I want to be there. It's not because I'm being forced into doing something I don't want to do. So having that mentality of going into games with a smile, doing everything I can, finishing game with a smile, I end up playing better. So that's one side of things. Um, in terms of playing for Turkey, I face a lot of shots. There's not as much structure in the Turkish national team as there would be in the Australian women's team. So there's a little bit of support, but there's things that obviously across all teams that can be improved. But I end up seeing a whole lot of shorts at the shots at the world stage. So I get a good workout, but I'm still having fun. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, you come back stronger when you have a kid. Like I, I certainly feel that I have to work that little bit harder because my body's been through major changes. Um, and I have to do what I can to stay on top of my game and 
Um, we've worked out that last year I was the oldest player on the sirens and this year I'm the oldest player on the sirens again. Um, there's girls on the team. I'm three times their age girls that are training with us. So it's a little bit, I, I have to put in that extra effort just to be able to do what I do. Uh, of course, then you can take the perspective that, well, you, you've given birth and when the puck hits in those sensitive areas, it doesn't hurt quite as much anymore because you think, well, give birth, get hit with a puck. Yeah, you're probably better off getting hit with the puck. <laughs> I, I have a pretty high pain threshold, so um, it takes a lot to make me cry. <laughs> The team that won last season, the Melbourne Ice, they they are, they have been a strong dominant side for a long time now. They're the only team in the women in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League that actually does pair up with the sister or brother club, depending on how you want to look at it, in the Australian Men's Ice Hockey League. What do you see as the main strengths coming out of the Melbourne Ice that they're going to be able to build on for this season? Um, I think it's returning players. So they've got a few veteran players on the team. We know Georgia Carson. She's played every year of the A-Dub. To, to our advantage, we've got uh, Mel Matheson, Remy Harvey. They are two sirens that have played every year. Um, and then we've got Sharna Godfrey. She played the first couple of years with the Goannas before she moved down to Sydney. So of the four players that have played every season of the A-Dub, we've got three of them. Um, but going back to Melbourne, they've, they do have a few veterans. Uh, Shona Green is coming back into the mix and Melbourne generally just seem to recruit very strong imports that help with their game and they give back to the team and, and support each other. Um, and, of course, they've got excellent coaching as well. Like the way that Marcus Wong leagues that team is just phenomenal. He's the best, best coach that they've had. Um, yeah, I would say he's the best coach they've had. <laughs> Obviously, being human, there's got to be weaknesses, though. What do you see as things that you can exploit against the ice this season? Look, now, if I said that, they're going to work on it, aren't they? Well, just, 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 <laughs> between, just between you and I, we might, we might bleep this bit out of the podcast, and anybody who's interested can send us an email. Yeah, of course. No, I'm, I'm joking. Um, the strength of the sirens has been our speed. Um, you know, that's the conditioning that we work on, all that sort of stuff, that's something that we do try to use to our advantage, and certainly this year is going to be the same as well. Um, I know our power play last year, we had a strong unit going in. I, I'm sure that's going to be the case. Um, we've lost a couple of imports, but we've – well, not – I wouldn't say lost a couple of imports. They've gone back home, um, which was really sad to see Kristen and Beeves go back home, but – they were here for a couple of years. Um, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? But we have got fresh imports coming in, and now that all the teams are allowed three imports rather than two, so we have three strong imports um, that already at practice we can see just how well they're going to strengthen the team and, and work with our current players as well. So in terms of how you would exploit weaknesses with the Melbourne Ice, not necessarily a weakness on their penalty kill, but certainly being able to run them around when you've got the man, well, the, the player advantage, I should say, with that power play opportunity with you, you think you might be able to work around their penalty kill a little bit and try and exploit some gaps there? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. And it always gets into a little bit of a, a physical game whenever we play against Melbourne. So I think if we come out as the fitter team, the stronger team, um, obviously, you know, clean physical play, there shouldn't be a reason, I guess, why they should dominate over us.
So you, yep. you've got the ability to match them for speed. You've got the ability to really drive home your power play advantage when they're playing shorthanded, whether that's the five-on-four or the five-on-three situation. Yep. And that, that physical game, being able to take it to the Melbourne Ice, do, do you think that if teams do get physical against the ice, that they can be put off their game, or are they more likely to fight fire with fire? Yeah, I think um, all the teams have kind of stepped it up on the ice and off the ice, um, especially with what each team is bringing this season. So I think, if anything, it's probably going to be the mental game. So um, as much as I don't chirp, there are people that do and there are people that know how to get into people's heads. Um, And I think that could be one of the difference makers. We did have a chat with one of your teammates and we would have loved to have chatted with her, but unfortunately, Chloe Walker is on high school certificate duties at the moment and we wish her all the best. Is she one of the better chirpers on the team? Because she had a couple of choice things to say about the Melbourne Ice when we chatted briefly during the season preview (laughs) of the men's comp. Yeah, she's um she's smart, she's funny, she's very witty, um and yes, she absolutely knows how to chirp. I can't uh I couldn't be able to repeat anything she has said because she's never said it to me. So I don't know, but you know, you will hear something in the background and then you know, yep, that's Chloe, she said something to someone. Oh, so when you hear those really incisive comments that really do cut deep, you think that's got to be Chloe because you don't know you don't know whether to turn around and hit her or laugh at the fact that she came up with something like that. But yep, Chloe doing her thing. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> In terms of where you see the Melbourne Ice going, in terms of that rivalry, are there any players that stand out as being not necessarily nastier, but players that you really do enjoy getting one over with the ice? Uh, It's always nice to save any shots from the imports. That's always a good thing. Um, Yeah, no, not not really. You know, whenever, you know, there's always been that Sydney-Melbourne rivalry, right? Um, So whenever we win against them, that's always nice. It doesn't really so, matter how we do it, but yeah, just whenever we, we uh, get one on them, it's, it's always just a good feeling. So you, you take the approach that rather than any particular player on the Melbourne Ice roster from a, a native perspective, for lack of a better term, or the naturalised players, I should say, that you think yeah. of it as you're this, you're this good a team, you bring in players from overseas that are going to make your team even better and you still can't beat me. Well, let's just... Yeah, yeah I mean, that's my not- job, right? I, I need to not be scored on, so... If I can do it against, yeah, if I can do it against the imports. I mean, they've got strong, um, I guess, yeah, Australian players as well. They do have um, strong, skillful players there. So, yeah, if I can stop anyone, including the imports, then I've had a good day, I guess. And you've had, you have a very good day with your fan club there in the background by the sounds of it, geeing you up for a big season. But just finally, on the Melbourne ice, do you, do you see them as the main threat this season or do you see the potential for Perth, Adelaide or Brisbane to sneak up on them and maybe become that big big threat to you guys? Because no doubt you're looking to go one better than what you did last year. Oh, absolutely. Look, I think Melbourne has always been consistently strong. So we know that. I think the other teams are definitely stepping it up this year. So... Uh, on the Goannas team, they've got some of their veteran players returning. I'm sort of the same reason why I returned. You know, you take a year off to go have babies and then you come back. So Brisbane's going to be stronger again. Um, Adelaide's 
Adelaide's got Michelle Coonan. She's back in that. Um, Sharnita Crompton, who was a siren, she's living over there now. So they've got her and she's a strong, skillful player. Uh, and then just seeing the imports that all the teams have picked up, it's de- I, I think it's going to be our most competitive season overall for all across all five teams. Well, that certainly sounds like a great way to go into the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League in season 19-20. Talking about the Sydney Sirens, the, the motivation must be there to go one better, but it can sometimes dissipate when you do lose some players. You did mention earlier that you've got the majority of your team backing up. Are you feeling that motivation to rectify or, I suppose, right or wrong, uh, is the better term for what happened last season, given the way that the ice came back on the power play? Uh, yeah, well, we've got a um, brand new coaching staff as well this year. Um, so they might come with some fresh ideas, different strategies, different plays. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, we want to win. We want to come away with the gold, and, and we're going to do whatever we can with that. In terms of where you see the team being able to really build on last season, what what do you think are the things that maybe not so much let you down, but certainly were things that you could work on to really build yourselves up as a bigger and better team this season? Um, I think overall we just need to be better working as a unit um, with some of our structure, with some of our plays. You know, there's even with We've got a core group of strong, skilled individuals. Um, I mean, we, we are good at developing the young ones, and we do have a few under-18s on the team. But um, I guess overall, working as a team on the ice, off the ice, we didn't really get around to doing a lot of team off-ice practices last year. Um, I can't even remember how many we went to if, if we ever had them. So a lot of the work is all individual-based, and it's – it is kind of hard getting the girls together just because of where people live. So even though majority are in Sydney, we still have girls that live up on central coast. We've got Mel, um, she lives up in Newcastle and then we've got a couple that live in Canberra. So that level of commitment for people traveling, you know, three hours to come to practice one night a week. Um, and then trying to ask them to do something additional, come on a weekend and spend a day with the team and, and whatnot. So it's, it's a hard ask, but I think, um, we need to do a little bit more off the ice just to, to bond a little bit stronger as a team and to be a little bit more, I don't know, I, I guess supportive of each other. I think it's there, but, you know, as with everything, you can make it better. So the and, – and this is a problem that you see right across – Uh, ice hockey in Australia and even places that don't really see ice hockey as the dominant sport is because it's so expensive and difficult to get ice time and the lack of rinks in Sydney uh, there's Penrith, Canterbury, Liverpool Macquarie and that that pretty much covers it until you get up to the central coast so just finding that ice time to be able to get the combinations working is the biggest is the bigger challenge not necessarily geography although as you say Canberra is a bit of a challenge for players to yeah. get to, but it's more that regular practice rather than the players being so far away. Yeah, and, and I know um, you know, we've we've had a few practices already and there's some weeks where we have two practices, so like a Tuesday night and a Thursday night. It's it's just hard. It's a hard ask for the girls to come together as a team. So, you know, we try to do what we can away from the team setting, but even even that's difficult. You know, the girls that are up on the central coast that they've lost the air in a rink. We don't know if we're getting that back, but any in-house competitions they were doing there, that's now gone. 
So that's, you know, trying to find alternatives to that now as well. So the Arena Rink has actually closed down or have they just abandoned the hockey being played there? No, no, it's, uh, they had um, some building issues um, with the cladding that needed to be replaced. So after the Ginsburg, it stayed open until the Ginsburg tournament um, and then that's closed down and, you know, the the owners say, you know, for 12 months, but there's actually no guarantee it's coming back. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame because there's a whole community up on the Central Coast that play in-house hockey over there, and now they can't do that. They have to either come to Sydney or go to Newcastle or not play hockey. And as we say, the, the lack of facilities is really a major, major challenge to be able to develop the game broadly uh, across Australia and New South Wales and Sydney as well. In, in terms of the sirens' strengths, what do you think the big strengths are that really will see you be able to dominate teams? Is it your power play? Is it, well, let's not talk about the penalty kill after last year, but is it power play or is it five on five? Is it a good two-way game? What are the main strengths do you think the sirens are going to have this season? So I think it's sort of early days to be able to tell. Um, you know, we've only had three practices on the ice together as a team. And, and like I said, we've got a new coaching staff. So seeing what direction they're going to take us in. Um, we certainly have strong imports that we've got in the team. We've got lots of veteran players that have come back. Um, so a few fresh faces as well. We, I guess it's going to take a couple of weeks for us to see what our team strength is. You know, we can definitely point out the individual strengths, but to see what the overall team is going to look like and what we're going to run with. Um, I would like to think that we're still going to have a strong power play unit. Uh, the PK, definitely we can improve on that. Uh, and it, again, it depends what the coaches want to do because, you know, we Erin um, Beaver, one of our imports, she was one of our strong players. She's not here anymore. So seeing who's going to fill that spot and still be able to play at that level, right? I guess off the ice, we've always been family first. Um, I always call the sirens my family. Uh, we, you know, we stick by each other. It's always a family-friendly atmosphere when we go to games. I know, you know, when I've got clashes and other commitments in my life, I just bring the boys to the rink, and I know there's always someone there that can babysit them while I'm doing my thing. Um, that, that's always been a strength of our team, and yeah, it, it is my second family. Well, when you're looking for volunteers, you can always train the kids up to be penalty box attendants or maybe gear stewards or something like that. You you come off the ice and, yeah, the the mascots too, absolutely. You can maybe strap helmets to them and put the little lights on and, you know, a little siren and see what you can do there. And certainly from that perspective, the family club. But in terms of your Sydney Sirens family, who are the standout players who are really going to lead you through the season, aside from that all-world goaltender, obviously. Uh, well, definitely Mel Matheson. Um, she, you know, she won the best defense of the year last year. Definitely uh, one of our strongest and most consistent players. Um, and then Sharna Godfrey, she's uh, consistently our highest point scorer, and she will ro- knock up her 150th game this season. So um, I think we she hit 250 points. Last year, like her career total. So, you know, she's, she's the one that puts the puck in the back of the net. Um, 
Yeah, and then we've just got a bunch of other veteran players. You know, uh, you know, Remy. She also gets to hit her 150th game as well, and she's always she just keeps getting stronger and stronger. And she's only Remy. I'm sorry if I get this wrong. I want to say 24, possibly 25. Um, I always still see her as a young 14 year old because that's how long I've known her. Um, yeah, who else? Steph's always a strong one. She's a consistent player. She's been um, a leader of the team for a few years now. Uh, and if I'm forgetting anyone, I apologize. Um, and then, yeah, the imports that we've got coming in, they're definitely going to dominate on the ice. You're, everyone's going to be taking notice of them. Because she is one of our favourites and she is absent due to educational commitments at the moment, yeah. just your thoughts on Chloe Walker and the improvement in her last season because throughout last season she improved to the point where she stepped up into the women's national team at a senior mm. level for Australia. What sort of improvement did you see in Chloe last season? Was it a breakout year or was it more a slow build for her over the last couple of seasons? You know, I think um, she's she's hit that age now where she can develop more maturely as a hockey player. So she came into the team uh, a couple of years ago. So I don't think she actually played in her first year. It was more of a development for her, show her the ropes, you know, what the expectations are. And then she's been a part of the U18 Australian women's team program as well. So all the all the coaching she's getting, um, all the feedback, all you know, everything that she's been working hard on, on, on and off the ice, it is showing. So she just... She's getting stronger. She's getting better. She's getting faster. She's getting more skillful. Um, she's, you know, f- for sure getting a harder shot. So all the work that she's putting into it is definitely showing. And it must be quite encouraging to see a player playing on the blue line of Chloe's size and being able to come up with the big plays because even for the women's game, Chloe, as a, as a blue liner, is quite small. Yeah, and so are some of our players. Um, you know, I'm, I am not your typical size goalie, um, but I think that's also the nature of the sport in Australia because we don't have a huge, you know, pool to, to choose players from. We take what we can and we work with what we can with them. So we find, you know, okay, we may not have the size, but what do we have? We've got the speed, we've got the agility. We can definitely work on our strength and power to, to execute what we need to. Well, that execution is going to be something that is very much heavily relied upon to try and go one better. In in terms of that grand final that you're aiming for this season, the draw has already been released and the finals will be played at the O'Brien Ice House. Well, that's what it's called at the moment. Whether it's still called that later on, we'll wait and see the wonders of venue sponsorship and whatnot. But in terms, you did unfortunately go down last season but that was in Adelaide last season the finals or the playoffs what would it mean if you were able to turn around have a grand final rematch this season and actually beat them on their own ice I mean that would be fantastic right um I I guess they they do have one of the best rinks in the country that we play on it's always nice to go play down there you know proper sheet um in terms of size uh you know you can actually see the lines that's always a bonus uh good change rooms just good overall facilities so you can actually prepare how you need to prepare um whereas some of the other rinks it's you know like as much as we are thankful that we get to play out of Liverpool and they are supporting us this season, the change rooms are small. The, um, the away team, they have to change, you know, in the bathrooms. It's pretty cramped in there. It's, it's not 
it's not ideal and it's not comparable to what Melbourne have. Um, but I do understand that the finals from this point, they are going to be held in Melbourne for every year. So, you know, maybe there will be one year where Melbourne doesn't even make the grand final. Who knows? Well, there's always that opportunity. And for the Sydney Sirens, the season does open on the 2nd of November, a 3pm puck drop against the visiting Perth Inferno at the Liverpool Catholic Club Ice Rink. I think technically it's in Preston's, but just Google Liverpool Catholic <laughs> Club. You'll be able to find the ice rink. And then the grudge match. The first one, unfortunately, is going to be, be at the O'Brien Ice House on the 23rd and 24th of November when you do visit the Melbourne Ice but are you going to have anything special in store for them when the last game before the Christmas break is going to be that double header in Liverpool against the Melbourne Ice on the 14th and 15th of December? Well I'm I'm not sure we're going to be uh, exchanging Christmas presents with them we might within our own team um no, I think you we're just going to take it game by day, game, round by round, um, and hopefully we just keep improving as the season goes along. It's, I, I guess it's a it's a little bit tricky this year that we have a shortened season just because of the timing of Worlds. So it means that uh, us as the Sirens, we do five rounds before Christmas and then one in January before we go to finals. So I don't think we're thinking that far ahead at this point we just need to be prepared for the season opener and then keep building on that so by the time we do play the two rounds against Melbourne, we can make sure that we dominate. Well, certainly I'm looking forward to, given where I'm currently located for work, being able to hopefully duck across to Adelaide on the 7th and 8th of December and see you play against the Rush, but that's a long way into the future. Right now, (laughs) Looking no further ahead than the 2nd and 3rd of November. Sarah Dogramachi, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us on Splinters. And it sounds like we better let you get back to your fan club. <laughs> I think someone just wants cuddles and it is bedtime. But Daddy well, deals with that, so it's fine. <laughs> well, absolutely sensational to have that support there. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us on Splinters and the best of luck for the season ahead. Thank you so much for having me. And that's Sarah Dogramachi from the Sydney Sirens Australian Women's Ice Hockey League team. The season does start this weekend. The Rush playing the Inferno at the Adelaide Ice Arena. Thank you for joining us this evening on Splinters to preview the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. Next week, Splinters does raise the bat for the 50th episode spectacular. Stay, Make sure you tune in next week for that on Triple H 100.1 FM or on Triple H FM.com.au. But for now, now, from the Lord Mayor, it's bye-bye.